0: For this mental kickback, and I
1: know that's very surprised
0: yo, welcome back to the kickback. It's your host, c j. Quarterbomb, and I am joined by. I don't even know what words I would use to describe you, fitness extraordinaire, and we'll get into it.
1: Oh, I like that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Higgy. Yeah, please, Natalie. Thank you for joining us on the Kickback. Greatly appreciated. We are Thanksgiving's done, Christmas is done. We're looking towards the new year, and people need to know, or they want to know, what can I do to make twenty twenty two the year that I actually lose the weight or get in shape or run that marathon, which is not my bag, but pe- people wanna know. So before mm-hmm. we get there though, please tell tell the audience who you are, where you're from and tell them about your fitness journey and how you ended up to where you are today.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. I am excited to chat today. So to give a little bit about my background and I feel like these things can always go on forever, but um, you know, just from like a young age, I have, an older brother who I was really close to and always wanted to be like. And so, um, he's like three, four years older than me. And I spent a lot of time playing sports against him. (laughs) I was always very into kind of every sport and, um, just took to like physical activity a lot. Um, so once I got to high school, I stuck with volleyball and basketball. And so that kind of like started me just on my journey of loving fitness and loving sports and, um, love, you know, just the whole thing about having a team too. I like having teammates. I like having a coach, all of that. Um, I was always drawn to, and then I always had a big place in my heart for teaching. And I remember from a young age, you know, when you're in school, they always ask you, what do you want to be when you're older? And I always just said, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, a lot of my life growing up, like in elementary school, I remember being like a peer mediator. And then in high school, I was a peer helper. So there are a lot of like positions I was put in to, to help people in that sense. And I always enjoyed that. Um, I think I've just always had a lot of like compassion towards people and I'm happy to listen to them and like help share, you know, be vulnerable with them and share my own experiences with them. And so I always thought I would teach and coach. I was like, okay, I definitely want to be a teacher and I absolutely love sports. So I kind of envisioned myself, you know, working at a junior high or elementary school um, teaching and coaching. And so that's what led me to um, studying education. So I actually went to college for education and studied to be a teacher, got my certification. But in the process of that, when I was in school um, and I will say I played a year of college basketball too, but then I transferred to like a bigger school and just did everything for fun and uh, got into a group of friends that was really into fitness. And at the time CrossFit was like very new. This was like 2008, 2009, Um, you know, CrossFit had been around, but not a lot of people knew what it was. And so I got into a community that was really big into CrossFit and that became my friends who I started training with. And then They opened up a gym in this little college town I was in, and that led me into my first job of personal training, because I was actually going to leave and head back to Dallas, where I grew up, and, you know, take, like, a position out of school for my, the last semester when you're in education, you have to do, like, a full internship, right, of just teaching, and so they were like, well, why don't you stay here, and while you're doing that, you can coach in the evening, and we'll kind of help put you through different certifications, and I took them up on that. And so that led me to doing um if you're familiar with CrossFit, they have like certifications for like CrossFit kids and CrossFit, you know, kettlebell certs and Olympic lifting and all of that. And so um I actually yeah, right out of college just started and I was like, "Oh, I love this. I still get to work with kids because that was something that I was really passionate about. I also love working with adults." And at the end of the day, I was still Teaching people, right, and running classes and being able to impact people in a positive way. So it was something I took to really quickly and really enjoyed and loved. And I was personal training and doing group classes for about three to four years. Um, And that led me to Austin. So I had moved from Dallas, where I grew up, down to like the Austin area and just south of Austin, where I went to school, and kind of moved back to Austin once I started coaching. Um, But if anybody out there is a personal trainer, you know that at least back in the day too when not as much was online it, it's a grind right like you're up early you are training people you know at 5 a.m 6 a.m all the way till 6 7 8 p.m you know you're working weekends and it was all great but after a few years of that um and you don't really have benefits right working at gyms just getting paid by the hour you don't have benefits so i was like hmm how can i do this in a way that feels a little more sustainable and so i started uh, substitute teaching and i was like you know what i went to school for education why don't I see if, you know, I actually enjoy being at a school a little bit better and coaching on the side. So my vision was I'll teach. And then, you know, over the summertime or on the weekends, I'll be able to coach and still work with um, like a kid, like run a kid's summer program and different things like that. Um, So I ended up getting a long-term sub position and then a full-time job at a school. So I ended up teaching third grade for three years. And I kind of took a break from personal training because in my mind at first, I was like, oh, I can do both of these. And then once you're in the education system, um, for the most part, you realize it. I mean, it's, it's like an all day, every day thing, right? Like it's yeah. it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. And so I was like, OK, well, I absolutely loved my kids. I loved my school. I enjoyed teaching. That was great. And what was cool about that for me is it kind of gave me a different perspective on becoming a student again of personal training and fitness and nutrition and all of the things that I kind of had always been drawn to and enjoyed. And so I started going through different certifications, honestly, just because I was still interested in the education of it. So I did my nutrition certification, um, while I was teaching, I did something called fascial stretch therapy, which is kind of like um, when people lay on a table and you stretch them, that was like a week long cert in Arizona. I did that one summer. And then I found the Onnit gym in Austin, Texas. And, um, they're a wonderful gym. And at the time they were running a lot of like in-person, you know, certifications for again um, something called durability, which is like a lot of mobility stuff. Um, There's steel Mace and steel club certs, their barbell certs. I was doing FRC. If you're familiar with functional range conditioning, um, all these people would come through on it. So I just kept taking all of these courses because that's what I was interested in. And then that led to a job opportunity at Onnit. it. Um, and essentially they were like, Hey, we know you've coached in the past. Um, you're a huge part of our community because I was a big part of the gym community. Again, that was something I enjoyed doing and in my free time was I would still prioritize you know, my own health, right? So I would go there and connect with everyone and take the certs. And so they were like, hey, we need a female coach. And we're wondering if you would like to come. And it was a really hard decision because I loved my students and I loved the school I was at. But at the same time, I knew deep down that like my real passion was health and fitness. And I actually enjoyed helping people a bit more kind of in that world of health and fitness. Um, and I spent all my free time studying it. And so they just noticed that. They're like, you, you've done all of our certs. We know what you've done in the past. Again, you're a huge part of our community and we're looking for someone to fill this position. And I was like, you know what? I'll intern for the summer. I'll let my principal know. I'll let my team know. And I will try to let them know as soon as possible. But I also need to like put my foot back in it, right? Like do it full time and see if that's what I really want to do. And ultimately it was. And the other perk there was, at least at the time, they they also offered like, hey, you get commission on all of your personal training, but if you coach X amount of classes, you get salary and benefits. So that made it a little bit easier to transition back into coaching. Not a lot of places did that. And I th- saw that as a big perk, obviously, of like, okay, I feel a little more comfortable taking this risk because there's at least that. I knew it would be a grind. And so I kind of committed to myself, hey, like I'll do two years full on Again, going back to like super early to late, working all the weekends, it wasn't much different than teaching, to be honest, right? Like both of those jobs were just, it's like a 24-7 type of job. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do this for two years. And then ideally, like at some point, I want to give myself a little more freedom. And I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced this in their job that they're working. Um but I just knew there was more to life than always working. As much as I loved my job, I also felt like I was missing out on time spent with family and friends and people that meant a lot to me. And it's like I was always working, and I, I just wanted a bit more freedom. You know what I mean? I was like, I want the yeah. flexibility to do what I love, to make a you know positive impact, um, to make good money, but I also want to be able to like go home on a holiday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was just something. That I valued, right, and to be able to make those, you know, important birthday parties for friends and family members that I wasn't always able to do. And so I was like, okay, if I do this for a couple of years, um, I think I can grow it into something online. Like that's kind of my big goal, so that I could work from home, have a little more flexibility. And basically, was just doing, you know, the personal training thing, grinding super hard for a, a while, and then COVID happened and everything shut down. Um. And so at that point, it was like almost a lot of us, if you're, you know, if you were in that space, were forced to turn to things online, right? Like yeah. I had been posting a lot on Instagram, and that was, a, you know, a piece of my business, but I wasn't making money online like that. And it pretty quickly led to the ability to make money online because people were looking for online training, or you know, you would do like a class online, and people would donate to your Zoom class or you know, an Instagram Live situation. Um, and then you just had people who wanted like zoom, um, personal training, right. And group classes. And so I was able to do that. And Christian, my partner, my fiance actually, and I, who own the durable athlete, um, we got a job opportunity from the junior NBA the day after the gym closed, literally like, wow, thank, thank the Lord. Right. It was like one door closed, another door open. So the gym shut down comes into the garage. I remember I was working out and it was like I just got a call from someone. Um and it was actually a girl we met through on it. She had come to our classes. She had uh, trained with each of us. Like I had two classes she came to, and then she did some personal tr- sessions with Christian and she works for the Junior MBA, um internationally. And so she knew us and really liked who we were and you know the thing that we kind of had going with our business although it was small. So she re- she reached out to us and she was like, "Hey, I have an opportunity for you guys since everything is going online we want you guys to film at home body weight and basketball workouts for all of our international app, like coaches, kids, all of that. And here's a three month contract basically. So it was amazing to like all of a sudden be able to like, okay, one, they paid us well for that. Um, And it was like a seven day, like, you know, seven days a week, we were doing these workouts. Some days we would do more, you know, maybe we take a day off, but they were only like 30 minutes. So we could film either one a day or, you know, maybe two in a day. Um, and it was wonderful because we could do it from the comfort of our home. And it was like my first true, like, wow, we can really make money online, at least in some capacity. Um, but I'll tell you what, and we can, I'm sure we'll get into this a bit more again, my true passion really lied and yeah, fitness was cool. And even like when I was a, a teacher in the classroom, teaching my kids was great. But to me, it was always about helping people much more than just with math and with reading or with training. It was like, hey, here's how to like be a happier, healthier person. And a lot of that has to do with our mindset. A lot of it has to do with the way we treat ourselves. A lot of it has to do with, you know, from the moment we wake up to go to bed, what are our lifestyle habits? There's so much more beyond the classroom or beyond that training hour. And that was what I was called to do was like, whether it was just nutrition coaching or I was always really like, I would always nerd out on like sleep and sleep quality. So really teaching people about how much sleep impacts our health, um, you know, mental and physical health. And so I just saw an opportunity there to start doing online nutrition and lifestyle coaching and kind of slowly, but surely got clients. And then about a year ago, um, pretty much took it on full-time. And so I can say now that I I full-time do online nutrition and lifestyle coaching. I see like a couple clients a week, but literally just like two different clients. Um, and I teach like one community class. So I like that aspect of a little face-to-face and being able to like see people is nice, but most of my work is online now. So I know that's a long story, but that's everything. No, that's
0: great. That's great. That's, that's such an amazing story. I mean, first of all, getting the call from the junior NBA the day after the gym closed, that, that's remarkable. So I, I think yeah, I actually cool. started following you and Christian around that time. I think you came up on my Explore page and it was, it was some work with the junior NBA, I think. But then also you post a lot about the mobility work that you do. yeah. And I, I'm not that much older than you, but I'm, I'm crickety. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I would see you guys doing these stretches and I'm like, I need to follow them. I need, I need to do what they're doing because I don't think my knees work anymore. Uh, but I, I, you talk about those healthy habits, and you post a lot about uh, the quality of sleep you're getting, and getting sunshine first thing in the morning, which yeah. is so important in terms of just your body taking in that vitamin D and just kind of setting, just setting yourself up for the day. What are some some mm-hmm. other healthy habits that people can start to start to keep track of?
1: Great question, and I would start with simple things. Right, like let's not get too crazy. So, um, something really simple that a lot of people don't do is just drinking water first thing when you wake up. A lot of times people go straight to the coffee. Um, and then they find it's not that that is, you know, terrible necessarily. That's not what I'm saying, but what they find is they don't drink enough water. So, it's like, let's start the day off by, hey, have that water bottle ready to go right next to your bed. I do this with all my clients. Like, fill it up at night, have it ready to go, drink at least 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning. Um, and then take that water bottle with you everywhere you go. So I would say hydration is like number one, right? Um, Staying properly hydrated, that's a big one. Number two, like you said, is getting sunshine. And I I tend to pair that with walking, which is another thing that I think people um, need more of and can really benefit a lot from, is getting enough movement. So our lifestyle for most people these days requires us to work on our computer. Um, And so that means that we're sitting for most of the day, or maybe we're driving a lot and we're sitting for most of the day, but not a lot of people are walking or on their feet for most of the day. Yes, there are jobs where people do that, but a lot of people I work with do not, right? So they're averaging 2,000, 3,000, maybe 5,000 steps at most when that's their job. And I'm really pushing people towards like 7,000 to 8,000 steps. That's kind of like when you look at studies that shows that that helps with longevity um, and health and cardiovascular health and health things but the other part of that is sure you can walk on a treadmill that's totally fine too but i like to get people outside for the reason of what you said about hey not only are you getting more steps and more movement but you're also getting fresh air you're getting sunshine and vitamin d um, it's a big stress reliever when you just walk outside to clear your mind um, if you've ever been in nature long enough you kind of get that there's like this sense of peace and clarity think that's another thing that people lack is we, we, we live in this high stress environment so walking is probably my favorite um for all of those reasons and I just want to add on that the sunshine also helps with the body and the circadian rhythm which is essentially like hey I see the sun I'm getting sunlight in my eyes my body understands it's daytime so I'm gonna produce the hormones that have like allow me to have energy for the day right and then at night when our body syncs up with the sun it it produces the hormones that allow us to sleep at night, right? And so that would be like another thing that's connected is a lot of people struggle with sleep quality. And so getting that sunshine is huge because again, it's like a trigger to your body of like, hey, it's, you know, it's daytime, time to be awake. And then your body will better understand in the evening also, hey, it's nighttime. Let's go to bed, let's get some quality sleep so we can wake up and have energy to be productive the next day. Um, so hydration, number one, sunshine and steps number two. And number three, I would throw in the mobility. Obviously, I'm a big mobility coach, and that's something that we do a lot of. Um, but you know, I, there's us, so many. Go, tell go, us, go uh,
0: tell us more about about that mobility piece because it, it's okay. not just stretching. It's not, it's not just oh, I'm gonna do some yoga, or some static stretches. Like, p- explain to people just how important mobility is.
1: Yes, and that's a good point because. Um, I feel like I personally tried for a long time to incorporate more stretching and yoga. And I want people to know, like, I was never the flexible kid or person playing sports. Um, Like I couldn't touch my toes. You know, my squat wasn't the best when I started doing a lot of training, like there were just different things. Like I was not naturally bendy and flexible. Right. So I would try to do yoga and I would stretch and those things were fine, but I never really felt that they helped me that much. Like, I just didn't notice any benefit in how my body felt or my movement capabilities, really. So I started doing mobility. And so mobility is more active, where stretching tends to be passive, right? Like, hey, I'm going to sit in this position. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to try to relax. Mobility is a bit more of, like, it's actually pretty intense if you do it. I don't want to say, like, correctly, but um, I guess there's different ways you can go about it. But if you are really looking to make change within a specific joint area, you're going to need some intensity um, and you're going to need to be able to build up tension. And essentially it's strength through a specific range of motion. So you could even look at strength training as mobility training to some capacity. Um, Now, the thing is, is that most of us only move in certain ranges, right? And we don't often strengthen the ranges that we get hurt in. So I'll use like a sprained ankle, for example, you know, we don't spend time like loading the ankle on like eversion or inversion, right? Like, and so in mobility training, you get the chance to do that, right? Like you get the chance to like, Hey, let me move my ankle joint through its fullest range of motion. Let me add a little bit of pressure here as much as I can stand today. Let me get stronger in that position. And then let me continue to do that in expand on my range of motion there and my strength through that range of motion. So that now when I am playing basketball and I go and roll my ankle, well, I've been training that position and maybe it doesn't full on prevent the injury, but I guarantee it helps mitigate it or helps you come back from that injury faster. Cause again, you've been able to strengthen those muscles, tendons, tissues all around that joint area. Um, so I don't know if there's any other questions, like from your point of view, what questions do you have about mobility, right? Cause sometimes I might lose um, perspective on like what people know about it, right?
0: Yeah, I think, so when I think about myself and I think about mobility, I mean, I can, I can squat. I, it's, you know, it's my knees, my knees. If like, okay. if I'm trying to, I have, so I have three small children, as my listeners know, they're four, two, and one, which requires a lot of sitting in that yeah. squat position and I I can squat fairly heavy, but when it's just sitting in that position, I'm 15, 20 seconds at max before my knees are on fire.
1: Ooh. Okay. Good to know, because I used to experience the same thing. So to give you a bit of background, you know, I told you I played sports growing up. Like I had some obviously like ankle injuries through volleyball and basketball and some knee pain. I ran this half marathon once with, wasn't the best idea for me. And, um, you know, felt fine all through training, but I remember the day after the race and for like a few weeks after, like my knees hurt really bad. My hips hurt. Um, I was always just a little rough on my body, maybe didn't prioritize mobility and stretching enough. But like I said, I had gotten into yoga. I felt like I was doing that. And I still felt like my knees really hurt me. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, you have arthritis. And to this day, like if you were to come and listen to my knees or touch them, yeah, they are, they sound like, all sorts of crunchiness going on and they feel like cobblestone streets, right? If you put Mm -hmm. your hand on the knee and move it, but they don't hurt me anymore. And the reason being is through mobility training, what I've done is I have strengthened my, my body's ability to control through those ranges of motion. And I've gotten better at being in those positions. So yes, maybe you squat with the barbell on your back, but you're saying, you know, after 10 to 15 seconds, it hurts to sit in a squat. So I'll use the example. Have you ever like sat on your um, like to your heels where you're just kind of sitting on your knees on the ground? Does that make sense? And,
0: and your toes or your feet are kind of flexed under you.
1: So you're on like the top of your foot. Yeah.
0: That is the most painful position for me ever.
1: <laughs> OK, so we have some work to do and I can help you because same thing for me. I used to only be able to sit there for about 15 to 20 seconds. Right. And just my ability to get into a low squat wasn't the best. And my ability to do like a mountain climber, my hips felt really tight. Like there were all these things that I was like, you know, I, I can't sit here very long either, right? This is painful. <laughs> um, and through mobility training, again, being able for all of those joints to fully express themselves through kind of their intended range of motion um, and strengthening that on a daily basis. I can't tell you at what point it went away, but I will tell you that it went away. Right, like I didn't just wake up one day and do my mobility work, and then I'm like, oh, it no longer hurts me today. But through those daily deposits, even five minutes a day, I no longer have knee pain. I no longer have ankle pain. You know, my whole body feels better than it ever did. My movement ability and capacity is much greater than it used to be. My ability to squat is much greater, right? Um, and so that's kind of what I would share with people about getting into mobility training too, is. Something is better than nothing. So that means even if you do it for one to two to five minutes a day, like literally that's it, I guarantee you will see improvement. Um, and it is something that gets better over time. So, yes, you might notice immediate benefit. Like if you came and trained with me for an hour, you might even be like, wow, my body feels great. And you might notice the next day it feels great. But, you know, it may not be drastic changes. That comes from, like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get. Right. And that, a, I, promise you that that pain will either, you know, get better or go away, or you will better understand your body. Um, That's one thing that I have really learned from mobility training is like my body awareness has gotten so much better. Um, There's fun stuff that you do in mobility because you're isolating specific joints for the most part, right? Like I might only be working on my wrist or only be working on my elbows or my neck or my ankles or my pelvis, right? My hips. Because you do that, You become better, like so many people, how do I say this? When we first start doing mobility training, like can't actually connect their brain to that specific, there's a disconnect because they haven't done it, right? And so when you start isolating joints and I'm like, hey, I don't want any to move except for your hips right now. For some people that's really difficult at first, but over time you get better and essentially your body awareness increases as well. So you just become a better mover in general. Um, I have to tell people it makes you a better dancer, too, I promise. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think like when I think about I've been working out uh, lifting weights, I should say, for, I guess, probably about eight years now, almost. And I started out completely in the meathead space, just actually messed up my shoulder because all I would do was chest day every day and, (laughs) and I would play hours of basketball. And so I just, I developed this crazy muscular imbalance, imbalance and I'm a shooter. So I'm doing nothing but benching and I'm shooting 25 shots a game. <laughs> and my shoulder was just killing me. But I, you know, I've never thought about from a mobility standpoint, my wrist. But when mm. you think about a shot and you want that gooseneck, you, you can't get that gooseneck if your wrist has no mobility to it. So yeah, yeah, you just, at my old age, I still like to believe that I can improve on the court. So you just, you gave me gave me something. You to can,
1: you can. And here's the thing. Literally, when it comes to mobility, the saying of if you don't use it, you lose it. It's true. Your body tries to adapt to what you give it all the time. So it's like, oh, we don't use that range of motion anymore. OK, well, I'm going to save energy and just I'm going to like tighten things up, if you will. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, like that's kind of what happens. Like if you don't use it, you lose it. So you have to practice again, moving joints through what would be their full range of motion. Like our shoulder joint should be able to move smoothly through its full range of motion, right? It shouldn't get stuck right here. Like we should be able to take our arm overhead. And even if you're really strong and you strength train, again, like you can use strength training um, as a way of mobility training, but sometimes you have to kind of take a couple steps back to then take 10 steps forward, right? Like you have to kind of pause and maybe go a little bit lighter on the weight for a while or change up what you're doing for a little while. But at the end of the day, it's going to make those joints stronger And it's going to probably help you increase even just your ability to lift heavier because then your movement quality gets better. You know what I mean? And so even if you're just looking for like these goals, but mobility is something that literally anybody and everybody can benefit from, from kids, because I think from a young age, it's important to learn how to control your body, right? Like I think ground-based movement is great for kids. Um, Again, just even as an athlete, I wish someone would have taught me how to control my body better versus just play my sport. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one really taught me how to like, even just like sprinting and stopping and changing direction direction. That was part of drills, but no one ever broke it down as to the right way to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, Hey, run to this cone and then go do this. And like, it was all about the speed of it and intensity. It was never about the quality of movement. And so I think that even from a young age, people can benefit from, um, you know, mobility or body weight training in that perspective, all the way up to, you know, athletes who are trying to take care of their body to the everyday athlete who just wants to feel good and continue to be able to perform without injury up to, you know, my parents and grandparents who just need to literally do something every day. So that again, you know, hopefully they have the ability to still walk or to pick something up off the ground. Um, I think that's important. So yeah, it's that saying of like, if you don't use it, you lose it is very true. So we just got to get it back. And you can do that at any point in your life.
0: thinking about that uh that idea of proper movements a couple of years ago i watched a video on on lebron and you know all the things he does but it was the video was highlighting specifically the way he jumps and lands Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and they compared it to i think they were like comparing it to either derrick rose or russell westbrook and they were just showing how much force they generate but landing properly and it was just something i never i've been jumping my whole life but i I don't, I jump without thinking. I don't think about how I'm going to land and balanced impact and all those things. Um, But also thinking about older people, there's a, I don't know what it's a commercial for, but I just saw it on Instagram and I posted it on my story a few days ago, where it's this old guy in a barn and he's lifting a kettlebell but he's really old and he's like lifting the kettlebell and then like moving it forward so he's going into a squat and moving it forward and he's really struggling but he he just keeps it, and he's working his way through and of course all the neighbors are looking like what's this old guy doing and (laughs) then you show him they they show him coming to a Christmas party and going to his granddaughter squatting down picking her up and pushing her forward That's to so put the star on the tree. And it's it's not that I was crying, there were a lot of onions um in the room at the yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: of, course, yeah, of course.
1: Yep, yep. But you yeah, were it's, it while you were cooking, it's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what was happening. Uh, but it's it's you know, that reminder of yes, fitness is good for life. And when I think about all of the older people in my life who are broken down or starting to break down or Dealing with all sorts of different health complications. I think about, you know, kind of the degradation of muscle mass, how that starts really early. And if you hadn't built any, you're already starting behind, uh, the impacts of negative nutrition practices and all those things. So, for an older audience, what would you say are some of the key things that they need to do to make aging as painless as possible?
1: Yeah, good question. Again, I'm going to go back to my top recommendation for everyone. Walk more. I promise you. Just Mm. the body. There's like studies between how low back pain um, improves for when people start just moving more. Again, probably less sitting. Um, You're having to stabilize yourself as you walk, right? Getting more movement in. So um, it can help with that, which I see a lot of. Uh, Again, ankle and knee pain, right? Just getting people moving. Like movement is medicine. It tends to be how we get blood flow and nutrients to our joints. So more movement is good. And then I would definitely say just body weight training. Like there's no reason that someone has to jump into weight training right away or even the idea of like, okay, in order to get healthy and fit, that means I have to go to the gym five days a week. Like, no, start with a 30 minute walk every day. And then maybe you add an hour walk every day. And then maybe you're doing five to 10 minutes of mobility every day. And then maybe you're just doing some body weight stuff, right? Some squats, ups, um, And so that would be my starting place is like, what's something that feels you? less intimidating, just moving your body without even having to go to a gym, right? But number two would maybe be getting a personal trainer and getting a coach and someone who can teach you how to properly move and kind of vetting that person a little bit, but two of like, what are your goals, right? Again, a lot of people come to myself and Christian for mobility specific reasons, right? Which I could see maybe some elderly people wanting. They're like, I don't really wanna go lift a bunch of weight right now. Like I just need this type of work. And it is very challenging, let me tell you, it's not easy. but it's beneficial. So that would be that. And then as far as nutrition goes, and kind of going back to habits that people can implement, you know, maybe with the new year coming up and people are looking for ways to improve at any age. Um, you know, I mentioned water earlier. Another one is something as simple as, you know, think about how many people like, are you getting at least one fruit and one vegetable a day? Like at least one serving, you know what I mean? Like maybe you start there. Again, there's no reason to steps, right? So if you're not even getting enough protein, or you're not getting your fruits and vegetables, you're not drinking enough water, um, we don't necessarily need to all of a sudden think about our macros, you know what I mean? And hitting specific numbers, it's like, let's master the basics. And I promise the basics done consistently is what will help you with longevity, right? Um, I would also try to avoid if you can, anything that's like a really difficult challenge, like a 30 to 60 to 90 day challenge that feels really restrictive. Because again, we're thinking like, I want to be able to implement these things forever. So going back to the fruit and vegetable, can I aim for at least one fruit and one vegetable a day? I'm pretty sure I can do that. Maybe some days I don't, you know what I mean? Like maybe I have a travel day or something happens or whatever. And there just happens to not be any fruit and vegetables. Okay. Then, you know, that's fine. But I guarantee I can do that like 99% of the time. Right. So just prioritizing the things like adding things in, I think is important and nutrients are so important for the functioning of our body too. Um, protein is a big one when we're talking about people like keeping strength, you know, or building strength, which is a big indicator of health and longevity, right? Like as people get older, I think that's one of the number one indicators of health is like grip strength, right? So we want to be strong and protein helps with that. So just finding foods, you know, at each meal, do you have like at least one serving of, of protein? Can you prioritize that at each meal? So that's kind of how I start with my clients and my recommendations to people is like, you know, until you're doing all of these things really consistently and they are second nature, we don't need to skip the steps and look at supplements to take. And you know what I mean? Like we don't need to yeah. go to the gym, you know, two a days. It's like, no, are, are you walking every day? Are you drinking your water? Are you eating fruits and vegetables? Do you prioritize protein at each meal? And those things are pretty basic. And I think people are like, Oh, that's too easy. Right. Like give me something that feels yeah. more of a challenge. And I'm like, but if you just took that same mindset and applied it to these basics, I guarantee you will see benefits, right? Like just do them consistently. Um, so that's kind of my basics with nutrition and movement and all that. And then um, I don't know how much you know or talk about sleep, but I'm big on just like getting high quality sleep is so important for our health. Um, the more I learn about sleep, the more I learn that it like truly drives all of our hormones, right? And it's is a big, you know, influence on our mood for that day, on our energy for the day, on our, you know, hunger cues, right? Lacking sleep, a lot of times we start to crave different foods that we wouldn't normally crave if we just got enough sleep. Um our ability to, you know, our memory. So when we talk about age and having like a healthy brain, right, I think that's something that's really important to people is like, hey, I hope that like as I age, not only am I able to move and take care of myself, but like I want to be with it. Right. I want to be able to have a conversation with someone and uh, be healthy there and sleep is a huge part of that. So I usually recommend like at least seven and a half hours. I would say like seven minimum if it's really high quality. And I do know people who get like six to seven hours and it's high quality sleep. And then I also know people that get eight hours and it's really low quality quality sleep.
0: What's the difference between high and low quality sleep?
1: Good question. So I would say, you know, you could be in bed for 10 hours, right? You could be like, well every night, you know, I'm in bed for 10 hours. Um, but I'm waking up multiple times. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of tossing and turning. I uh, wake up and I feel very tired. So those would be some indicators, you know, without using any sort of like tracking system, like we have technology now that, you know, is able to kind of tell you, hey, here's your like sleep number for the night, right? Or I use an order ring so it can tell me like how many hours of REM sleep I got or deep sleep. Um, but people can also just go by feel. Like if you're waking up multiple times throughout the night, if it's really difficult for you to fall asleep, Um, and then you're waking up with low energy, that's probably a sign that your sleep quality is poor, right? We want to be able to wake up. And one, we should be able to sleep through the night for the most part. Um, Obviously, if you have kids, you know, that gets interrupted. But without like a child waking you up, we like ideally we are able to sleep through the night, right? With no interruptions. And then number two would be we wake up feeling ready to go for the day. Those would just be like some two simple ways to to kind of think to yourself, like, oh, do I get high quality sleep? Um, But I have a lot of clients that they're like, oh, it takes me an hour or two to fall asleep. I toss and turn all night. And then I have very low energy throughout the day. So that would be a sign. Like, obviously, we're not getting high quality sleep. And then if you want to take it a step further, like I mentioned, I have an aura ring. So it's a device that goes on my finger and it'll take like my respiratory rate at night, like how I'm breathing, my body temperature. Um, it's able to see like my REM sleep, which is typically like when we dream in our deep sleep, which helps our body recover. Um, and so that's another way that if you wanted to kind of go that route of like technology, you would be able, you would be able to get a little bit more insight into like, what's going on when I sleep, you know, like, does yeah. my heart rate drop really low? If it drops really low at night, that's a good sign that my body's like resting and recovering and not super stressed. Um, so that's another thing to kind of look out.
0: Yeah, that's good. I. I know for a fact, I get terrible sleep. <laughs> I'm <laughs> averaging probably a little over six, maybe six and a half hours a night. I fall asleep quickly, but I I wear my Apple watch to bed and it tells me you tossed and turned 45 times tonight. It's just constant terms, And it's not even the kids. I can't blame the kids. I've just, I've been like this for a while and I've noticed the older I get, the less energy I have the next day. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, I joke about this all the time, but I would go play basketball from on Friday nights from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm in New York, yep. so very few of us have cars. I was the only one with a car. i drive everyone home. I'd get home at four, get food from the halal cart that was open 24 hours,
1: Ooh. go to bed at five, <laughs> wake up at
0: like 8.30, nine o'clock, and then go play basketball again. Now, if, yeah. I, if I'm awake at 11 now, <laughs> something's wrong. Call for help. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same I
1: think yeah I think back to like what I used to do too and it was kind of crazy obviously I think there's some age where you're just like invincible you can just you know function on little sleep but what I have learned through different books and I will say one of my favorite books is um by an author named Sean Stevenson and he has a podcast called the model health show but he also has a book called sleep smarter and he has another one called eat smarter um I definitely recommend those there's other ones like why we sleep I think there's one book just called sleep um But I've learned about literally sleep is like our ultimate recovery. So when we talk about injuries, and when we talk about stress in our life, um, sleep is like the number one way and free way to reset every night. It's like this hormone reset button. So that when you wake up in the morning, again, you know, cortisol is released, so you have energy. And at night, melatonin is released, so you can fall asleep. And then all these other processes that happen throughout the day just even with our metabolism and our gut health and our mental health um sleep really influences a lot of that so i think we live in a society where it's very very common and quote unquote normal for people to lack sleep and it's killing people honestly like it really like it really is um and it's causing you probably to not be able to recover as well so probably not be able to perform as well and like again, maybe memory and energy and aches and pains, all of that like is, is truly influenced by our sleep. So even I would just encourage people like, hey, even if that means one, taking the TV out of your bedroom, that's a big one. Um, think of like a light source. So when people are on their computers and phones and watching TV at night, cause I know a lot of people that watch TV, you know, like in their bedroom, um, your bo- like our bodies think it's daytime. So if you're wondering why you're struggling with sleep, it's because again, there's hormones that are actually released. Our body like is meant to be awake during the day, you know? So if you're doing things that signal to your body, Hey, it's daytime, Hey, I should be awake. I should have energy right now. And then you try to just turn it off and go to bed. It's going to be pretty difficult. So if you can just get into at least like a 30 minute routine of like, Hey, I'll turn off my TV. Uh, Maybe I do some mobility or some stretching and just focus on my breath. You know, I'll turn down the lights in my house. Um, Maybe you just lay in bed and do some sort of meditation or breath work, anything like that, where you can kind of signal to your body, Hey, it's time to de-stress and it's time to go to bed. That will drastically help improve your sleep quality. Even if you are only able to be in bed for, you know, like you said, like, Hey, if I only get six, seven hours, like what can I do though? If that's just the max of that, Mm. you know, the max time that I have. Okay. Well, my thing would be, okay, well then let's try to optimize that time in bed. And in order to do that, we have to kind of like really get our body set up for success at night. You know what I mean? So like let's yeah. downregulate. Um, so that would be something that I recommend.
0: Do you think, and this this might be a stretch, but do you think you could use your connections with the junior NBA to get the NBA to do something about the West Coast games being so late? Cause this is my problem. I'm up watching those West Coast games. Cause I'm like, I'm only going to get so much Carmelo Anthony in my life. I'm only going to get so much LeBron before it's over. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, but we definitely um, experienced that. So Christian, my fiance is from California and is like a huge Laker fan. Um, our dog's name is Mamba, named after Kobe Bryant. And um, so, you know, Laker games are big in our house, right? Like he wants to watch those. And it's been something that I've just noticed. I'm like, how are people, especially in the, on the East Coast, like it's late for me, you know what I mean? So East yeah. Coast, they're our like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. that. That's like something that I definitely have thought about. But I guess people just always want the games to start, you know, once people finish work. And because we all are in different time zones, yeah. that's as much as three hours difference, you know. So it's a tough one.
0: I lived in Portland for a little while. And living on the West Coast, if you're a sports fan, is amazing. Sunday mornings, the yeah. moment you wake up, football is on. During the week, you're watching basketball. The game starts at 730 your time. And then it's over by 1030 and you can still be in bed at a decent hour. It's, yeah. it was the best.
1: I mean, that's how I feel about um, fights. Like, I mean, we're not like huge into UFC fighting. I mean, it's fine. It's mainly because I just don't ever watch it because I'm asleep is what I'm trying to say. Like people will be like, hey, you wanna watch the fights? And I feel like it's another one of those things where like the main fight will come on at like midnight or something. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm, asleep. I'm asleep by then. Like I can't do that anymore. 11 PM is a stretch um yeah for me on the weekend you know unless it's like a special event like we were at a wedding this past weekend we were up a little bit later but on just like a typical night um I'm probably still asleep by like 11 you know so yeah anything later than yeah. that just gets harder and harder to stay up for so yeah. I don't know that's a tough one I'm not sure how yeah. we can solve that.
0: I'm catching like maybe the first half of the west coast game before my body's like you're you're 34 just just go go to sleep it's okay you can watch yeah. the highlights in the morning
1: that's kind of what happens. Or we just record it and you try not to see anything and then you know, watch it yeah. when you have the time to, I guess. But that's not as fun because it's not in the moment, but.
0: Yeah, all right, I'm gonna uh, transition to a few listener questions.
1: Okay, great.
0: So this is one, the most common one I got. And so I'm in New York. A lot of my, my friends and family, were all here. I have a ton of friends up and down the East Coast. and We're all asking the same question. It's what's your advice for people with hectic schedules?
1: good question so maybe a, a couple and again if you have a question to kind of add on to this let me know okay. I have lived with a, a hectic schedule before I feel like mine is not as crazy now um, but I can think about even when I was teaching again it was you know waking up at five I was doing my reading in the morning and then it was off to work by six something to get ready for the kids to come and then after work there were meetings and tutorings and whatever it was. And then I would go straight from there to the gym. And then from there it was trying to like cook. And then I usually had more work to do. And then I was trying to be asleep by like eight 30 or nine. Cause I had to be up at five. Right. So it was like a nonstop. And really what I did was I, I mean, it's a lot of planning. Like yeah. my bag is packed the night before, like every day when I get home, like even if it meant, you know, less fun, but it was like my bag is packed for the next day. My lunch is packed for the next day. You know, I've got my snacks with me. I've got I would go into work with like my teacher bag and then my gym bag would be in my car and then my lunch and all my snacks would be there. Like a lot of planning. Um, And I know that seems like it takes more time, but I think in the long run, it helps you stay on track with your goals and it ultimately like saves you. You know what I mean? Like you can't always just wake up and be in that chaos without planning for it. So I feel like when you have stuff planned, um, that makes that a lot easier to still check off the boxes of like, okay, well, hey, I'm, you know, even amongst the chaos, I'm gonna get my water intake. So, hey, let's plan for that. You know what I mean? Like have your water bottle yeah. ready to go. Hey, you know, you've got your fruits and vegetables for the day and your protein. Cool. That's already, you know, you went to the grocery store somehow, some way. You got that ready for the week um, to make sure that you're checking those boxes, right? Um, I think when people live with schedule those foundational things are even more important to like keep you rooted in the things that are going to keep you healthy and sane. You know, it's like, these aren't only just things that maybe some people would look at as like helping you physically, but again, with like the stress and mental health, um, that's important. So yeah, finding time to to kind of plan and finding time to prepare. Um, even if again, that's, Hey, at least 10 minutes every night, you're packing everything. You know what I mean? Like, let's just take that 10 minutes to get it done. I promise like you won't regret it. So
0: that's yeah, a big that one. Is a, that's what I found was most successful for me. It was just planning in advance. I used to work in finance. And so I had to work out before work, which meant I was getting up at 5, 5.30. So um, yeah. my clothes needed to be next to the bed. My bag needed to be packed. I meal prepped on Sundays. And yeah. now that was the only way. And now I'm in a much different space. I'm a full-time dad to three, to three babies. So going to the gym means mentally getting myself up at the end of a long day and saying no this is still a priority and honestly this is your way to get out the house right now so you need to go go lift those weights go do that work so yeah i I think planning is so important
1: Uh, Uh, i want to add to that just a little bit because i i have heard a lot of people say too for like you know fitness people i think people assume that we are always motivated or it's easier for us to do stuff. But I would argue that it's not, it's just, it's dedication to it. It's knowing that if yeah. I do this, it benefits me. It's doing it when I don't feel like it. It's doing it regardless of how tired I am. Right. And then there's the, the take of like knowing when to actually just take a break. Right. And allowing yourself to have a day offshore. but it still comes down to consistency and dedication over time. And that like, yeah. we all struggle with like, Hey, I don't have the energy to do it today. Hey, I don't really want to work out today, but I always feel better after, you know what I mean? And I always know it's going to like help me. So I just, I continue to do it and it does.
0: Yeah, even even my worst workouts, I've never regretted them.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, so here's a, here's a good one. And this is one I get a lot from people. So I, I am not technically in the fitness space. I am just the guy in the friend group who everyone knows, oh, he works out. He goes to the gym, <laughs> he eats healthy, you know, those things. Yeah. So my friends always come to me with questions and this is one I get a lot. It's what do you, as a person who wants to start solo, I, I'm not this, this person is like, you know, yeah. I don't work out by myself. That's not my thing. How do I find my tribe? And then how do I, I stay consistent?
1: Good question. So someone who doesn't want to work out alone, how do they find a group and stay consistent? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I will tell you that even now, so, you know, I used to work out at a gym and I used to have more of a community and um, I still have a little bit of that, but now we have a home gym. And so I do a lot of my training, you know, by myself and in, in my garage. And there's pros and cons to that. It's super convenient. Cause it's right here. You know, I don't have to make the drive to the gym or anything like that. Um, but sometimes it is hard when you don't have a, a friend there to push you or a group of people around you to push you a little bit. So a couple of things that I do, one, the program that I follow, um has an online community so there's a constant like on their Facebook group you can see that you know you have access to their coaches um I chime in on things within that group so I still feel like I'm a part of a community even if it's not the people I'm seeing on a daily basis and just knowing that knowing that I'm following a program that all these other people are following and there's some sort of community to it keeps me with it you know what I mean and, and has that there's like encouragement there right um another way would be like hey can you just have an accountability partner. So maybe, you know, it's just a friend that you text and like, Hey, you know, we're going to check in with each other make sure we go to the gym three times this week. Right. And just someone to like check in on you or for you to check in with and have that accountability system is often a way to stay motivated and driven and just be like, Oh, well, you know, I know CJ going to text me. Like I got to get to the gym tonight. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's texting me about his workout. I want to be able to share about mine. And if I have a rough day, you know, maybe you could just say something or they can, encourage you to get there, right? So having some sort of accountability partner. Um, If you have the ability to hire a coach, I highly recommend it. I mean, there's nothing better, at least for a short period in your life of having someone who can like mentor you and guide you and educate you around this thing that you're trying to get better at. You know what I mean? Like, I I think a lot of times people assume or don't want to, I know it's, you know, it's an expense, but it's an investment in your health, right? And if working with a coach for even, let's say three months, you know, like is going to help you work out safer, you know, mitigate injury in the long haul, understand more about how to go about it. You know, how many days a week work for you? What, what structure of workouts, what do you enjoy, uh, teaching you about nutrition, all of that. Like, I think that goes a long way. So if you have the ability to hire someone, I highly recommend hiring them again. That doesn't mean you have to have a coach for the rest of your training career, but it can be short term to at least give you some of that education and like empowerment. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. And and then if you can go to a gym, obviously, you can join a gym and be around people, then I recommend that. Um, And even if that's like once a week, you know, like maybe you're working out at home the rest of the time and once a week you go to a community, again, I still think that that gives you a little bit of like spark to keep going.
0: I have two more questions, one from a listener and one is a question that I've been dying to ask you since we said this. So give you the listener question first. Uh, She said, how do I put the fork down? so she's struggling with nutrition and, you know, trying not to overeat, but also eat the right things. What do you recommend for people in in that situation?
1: Mm. So one thing that I have not only studied, but experienced with the clients I work with is majority of my clients who feel like they have a crazy amount of cravings and who feel like they're like always hungry and they're really struggling with like eating too much or binging, right. Is because they're too restrictive. And all of a sudden, when we actually just increase the amount of food they're eating and I prioritize nutrition, right. So again, going back to like, Hey, do you have protein with every meal? Are you eating some fruits and vegetables? Are you hydrated? Oftentimes when we add those things into someone's diet, and I don't necessarily take away, you know, cookies or ice cream or anything like that and say, Hey, you can have that, but these are priorities. Get these in first. And then if you still want that, you know, let's portion it out. Most people come back to me or experience like, yeah, I no longer feel that hungry. Like I no longer feel that like restricted restriction to where now I'm like craving all of this other stuff because they've kind of taken the rules off of restriction and they're fueling their body right enough. And all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, I don't really have those cravings anymore. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably because you're just eating enough food now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're eating enough of the right thing. And so, again, I like to add things in before I start to take away from someone's diet. Because I think a lot of times, even just lack of nutrients cause certain cravings. So, again, when we go back Mm -hmm. to, like, well, if you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables and protein, like, you might think you're craving that donut or whatever it might be, but it's really just, like, you're lacking nutrients. So, let's focus on those things first. And then, sure, you know, like, have that... um, And I would say the other piece of that is like, okay, let's say you are eating enough and you're still just really struggling. Um, I would practice moderation. And with my clients, this is something else I talk a lot about, like, when in your life have you ever practiced moderation or eating really healthy? Mm. Like, it's not something that we are taught to do, right? We don't really practice that. If anything, most of the time, it's like we overconsume, overconsumption of everything. And it's, again, just like anything else, you're not going to be great at it at first. It takes Practice. So, um, you know, let's say I have a box of cookies. I'm going to practice taking three of them as my dessert and putting the rest away and see if I can do that that night. You know what I mean? And then the next day, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to prioritize healthy food, but you know what? I still want my dessert. So I'm going to take those three cookies and then I'm going to put the box away. And the more you practice that, the stronger that like willpower and control kind of gets, if that makes sense, right? Like being able to eat mindfully and not overdo it. Um, but the number one thing I see is that when people restrict too much is when that kind of like overconsumption binge happens. Um, but there's also just like this level of mindfulness that needs to come into people's days. And that, again, yeah. that goes back to like, what are you consuming? What are you eating? Let's, let's just up the amount of things that are good for us. And, um, I mean, nothing and that, is really off limits, but.
0: Yeah. Or and that, ex, that extends, you know, even beyond fitness and nutrition, right? What are we consuming? Yeah. How mindful are we in, throughout our days?
1: That's mm-hmm. that's really
0: good. That's really, really good. All right, here's my my last question. Okay. All right. Natalie, I'm 34. I'm 5'9", okay. 190 pounds, probably about in that 15% body fat range. I've been playing basketball since I was 13, but I've never had a coach. Just been a serial pickup player, you know, rec leagues my whole life. So there's certain okay. fundamentals to the game that I never learned. One of those is how to dunk. Now, I've been grabbing the rim since my freshman year of high school when I was five, four. I'm a little older now. I can still get up there. Just it takes a little more work. Got to get a little warmer. <laughs> but I still can't dunk. And I want to know, is it too late for me?
1: No, I don't think so. That,
0: that's what I I don't think care. so. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I, I truly believe that it's not and some of the things, I mean, we've already talked about this, like, I know your knees hurt ankles, right? So if you can work on the mobility there, the strength there, something that has helped me and Christian is really the like movement guru in all this. I feel like I'm a little bit more well-versed when it comes to the nutrition lifestyle stuff I nerd out on. Uh, Yes, I know a lot on the movement side, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he is like just a movement guru, right? So he, when it comes to sprinting, because again, I was like, no one's ever taught me how to sprint like correctly, right? So can you look at my running form and can you tell me like, how to get better so that my knees don't hurt me whenever I go do sprints you know what I mean or whenever I'm playing basketball can you help me get better at jumping and landing and changing direction and so he's been really helpful and there's just a ton of drills you can do just when it comes to like low level plyometrics of getting the ankles stronger and Mm -hmm. for me that has helped a lot um a lot of like landing drills versus jumping drills has been a big help also um and so, I mean, I'm over here as a 32-year-old woman who no longer really plays sports, and I feel like I've been able to get better at jumping, landing, and sprinting within the past two years, and I've been working on just those simple little drills. So, yes, you can do it, too. All
0: right. That, that's encouraging. I'm, by my 35th birthday, I'm trying to trying to <laughs> dunk. Uh, Natalie, this conversation has been great. Thank you so much for joining us on the Kickback please tell people where they can find you and tell them about your app because everybody needs to go get it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's really been a pleasure to chat with you. And I hope your listeners got at least one helpful tip out of this. Um, And I hope that they go into the new year feeling motivated and understanding that they are able to create the change they want just by doing some really simple things consistently. And if people would like to reach out to me and find me, they can find me on Instagram. Um, That's where I'm most active at natalie.higby. And durableathlete.com is our website. That's also how they could reach out to me just about nutrition coaching if they were interested in that. And then we have an app called Durable Athlete app, which is mobility and recovery based. Um, There are some training programs in there and there are daily workouts that people could also access. Um, But that can be found through our website on durableathlete.com or through an app store. Just search Durable Athlete. So those would be the main ways.
0: Sweet. Natalie, thank you for joining us. People follow her, contact her. Let's get uh, let's get healthy and right for twenty twenty two. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Me.